Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. Prevention is the key right? It's the key to successful implementation of reducing risk factors and increasing the overall health of our patients. Prevention is a lot less expensive and costly. It's less painful. It's less invasive. There are so many benefits to having a prevention mindset. And if we can consider our role in helping our patients prevent disease and reduce their risk to disease, we're on the right path. What we have to consider is meeting the patients where they're at, figuring out what the specific needs are of the patient and determining how we can implement prevention into their lives. As healthcare providers, we must remain current on the most effective ways to help our patients prevent and manage disease. And we do this by understanding current preventive strategies, learning about the connection between oral health and systemic conditions, understanding the risk factors as they relate to the disease process, but more important, understanding the needs of our specific patients, their behaviors, and understanding the factors that contribute to their disease states. Persistence and commitment are the key traits that I could use as the primary requirements of a dental clinician to help support our patients in the areas of prevention. And this goes either inside the operatory or outside the operatory. If you're dealing with one patient or a specific target population, think about putting on your prevention hat and what preventive strategies are going to work best for that specific patient or target population. So we're going to talk about some of these things and I'll use a couple of examples in this episode to get you thinking about those ideas. Since the dawn of dental hygiene, prevention has been at the heart of all that we do. It's expanded over time as we've gained insight, knowledge, and experience in different preventive strategies that we can use as a dental hygienist to improve the oral health status of our community and our patients. So let's take a closer look. Before we start looking at preventive strategies, you want to be sure that you're mindful of the different areas and reasons behind what we see and when we're prescribing preventive strategies. So think about the caries process and the types of caries that exist. So when we're talking about preventive strategies associated with caries, as an example, we want to make sure that we are first considering the caries process and what we're seeing and how our patient presents. Where are the caries coming from? Are they acute or are they chronic? Are they root caries or are they occlusal caries? This is going to be kind of that foundational piece that you want to be critically thinking about before you offer any preventive strategies for your patient. 
you want to have a really good understanding of where your patient is as far as their readiness to change a behavior or how engaged they are in understanding their risk factors and listening to your recommendations. There's no sense recommending a strategy or some kind of preventive measure to your patient if you haven't broken down the barrier that might exist between the information and your patient. So these are things I want you to be thinking about in order for you to be effective at creating a change for your patient and implementing strategies that actually move them in the direction of the further progression of disease or the prevention of disease. These are things that you have to keep in mind. Consider your thought process. So before you recommend something, what do you think about? What is your approach to improving the oral health status of your patient, or better yet, the oral health status of the community? So these are the questions and critical thinking skills that you've developed since you've been a student. And as you embark onto your profession in a personal level, you're going to be thinking about these preventive methods and approaches that help improve your patient's oral health and what's working, what doesn't work. Maybe some things work better than expected. Maybe some things don't work at all for your patients. So you're constantly circling back and evaluating the why. So as you embark now, you wanna be thinking about how you will approach it and what's going to improve your patients based on uh, what you know now. There are so many things to consider to be effective with implementing any type of preventive strategies. The first thing is you wanna know your audience, right? What is the, um, the dental and health IQ of your patient? What is their literacy level? Think about the language barriers or maybe cultural influences of your patient. Their current health conditions. Uh, how urgent are these preventive strategies for your patient? Maybe they have other pressing needs that need to be addressed before you can be effective at implementing any kind of oral health preventive strategies. What is that patient's caries risk and perio risk? And how will that impact what types of strategies you employ? What types of medications are your patients taking? Are they taking a homeopathic approach to treating their systemic wellness? And do you need to implement preventive strategies that align with that? Are they experiencing some kind of substance abuse or tobacco misuse disorder that you need to address before you can implement other preventive strategies so that you're effective in your approach? Um, there's all kinds of different avenues and aspects, right? The human, um, the human person is very complex in nature, so there's no cookie cutter, one size fits all preventive strategy. And you're more effective with your preventive strategy if it's catered specifically to your particular patient situation. Let me give you an example of something that might be considered an ineffective preventive strategy. You are working with a patient and you know that they have a really high caries risk because every time they come in, they have new areas of decay. And this particular visit, when the patient comes in, they have some discomfort in one area of their mouth. And so that's what prompted them to come into the office and not cancel their appointment. They've come in because they have a pressing need. It would not be wise of you to implement a preventive strategy for that patient that doesn't address the specific 
pain need that they want addressed. If your goal is to get your patient flossing more or using some kind of interdental brush that you've been working with this patient to use and uh, improve their technique on for the past couple of visits, this would not be the day or the visit for you to reiterate or review that behavior change for your patient. That type of preventive strategy can wait because your patient has a different pressing need on this particular day for this particular appointment. So you want to consider the needs of your patient and alter your preventive strategies or course of action to help them on maintaining the stability of their dentition based on the specific needs of that patient. And that can change over time. And that can change a lot in a given week or month, depending on what's going on with that patient. You've all embarked on gathering a greater understanding of target populations, and this is an important piece when implementing preventive strategies. So stated in the research, when you're looking at caries risk, caries incidents show three peaks. So there are three times in your life that caries risk seems to be at a higher level just naturally occurring through the aging process. Age four to eight, is that primary stage of increased caries risk. Age 11 through 19 in adolescence when there's a lot of changes going on. And then over the age of 55 when we see a drastic change in saliva flow and content um, and consistency of saliva flow and, and then also increase in health issues and medication use. When thinking about these preventive strategies, another question you want to think about is your target population, right? What is the age of your patient? So when you're treating dental caries, you're going you're gonna to treat dental caries different um, in an elderly patient versus an adolescent patient. Think about five different factors for each one of these groups that you would consider, right? So a soon-to-be mother, what factors would you consider in developing good preventive strategies for a soon-to-be mother? And what factors would you consider for that zero to three year age patient? A school age child, what factors would you consider for that group? And an adult, you can see how each one of these age groups has to have different factors involved with creating preventive strategies that are effective for that group. Let's take a closer look at, the, at this group. So a mother-to-be, Right, you want to consider their nutrition and eating habits, what they do on a daily basis for their oral health care, what type of bacteria control, how are they managing their biofilm, what is their cultural uh, impact, what is their dental uh, or medical literacy level, uh, how many children do they have, right? That makes a difference. Uh, the oral care for their infant or children that they already have, what are they providing for support there with their own interventions? Supportive during pregnancy and after, right? So we want to make sure that there's preventive strategies in place in all different situations. Early Head Start, visiting support, what type of nutritional issues do they need addiction help? Um, WIC uh, is a beautiful support for the nutritional aspect. So when you're thinking about mothers-to-be, there's lots of different aspects of their world as it relates to dental health uh, that you need to consider when developing a preventive strategy for that patient.
when we're looking at infants to three years, right? What type of prenatal care did they have? Did their moms get frequent prenatal uh, visits and were they taking vitamins? What was, where did they live? What was the fluoride? You know, all of these things. Exposure to secondhand smoke. Do they live in a home um, that has that has access to guns? Do they wear, uh, are they in a car seat? You know, all these different things. What is the parent's dental health IQ? Is there routine access to care? With school-age children, I mean, these are just examples to help you really think a little more broadly about the whole patient and not confine yourself to just their oral health status so that you can have a better impact with your preventive strategies. So think about your school-age child, you know, so you still want to be considering things like secondhand smoke, uh, the mental physical conditions, the activity level, are they involved in sports? What is the family dental and health IQ? Things like that. When you're thinking about your adult population, you wanna think about their access to care. What is their dental or health IQ? How is their nutrition? Do they have any level of substance abuse or use of tobacco? Maybe they have medical conditions or take medications. And then when you get to your elder or long-term care residents, you also want to be thinking about um, very similar things to their adult issues, but increased things like dementia. Medical conditions and more medications are usually prevalent in this population. And they sometimes will have limited access to care or unable to have transportation, they have limited physical health movements, and, and many more considerations when you're thinking about preventive strategies for these populations. Let's review an example of a specific condition where you can investigate a bit about your patient or your target population and make a determination about a condition that is related to increased risk, of either caries or periodontal disease. Now, as I review this condition with you, think about how many contributing factors there are, what the needs are for the patient, what additional information would you want to know that you think would be helpful, what preventive strategies would you, what preventive strategies would you use or consider? How can you help that patient with this condition that I'm going to talk about? And how can you use your knowledge and skills to best treat the patient? I want you to consider that there is a distinct difference between xerostomia and salivary hypofunction. So, and this can happen at any age. So 25% or more of adults complain of xerostomia but they can have salivary hypofunction without xerostomia. You wanna evaluate, are the salivary glands producing the right amount of saliva? Think about what might cause hypofunction of the gland. You may have salivary hypofunction, what do you think? Also, make sure that you realize that it can impact any age. Think about medications and how it impacts these things, right? So. Your patient may present and say that they have dry mouth. It's up to you to navigate the reasons behind it and determine if they have salivary hypofunction or they have xerostomia as a result of medication use.
So your patient has indicated that they have dry mouth or they've noticed a change of some kind in their saliva. Your spidey senses should immediately go up and lots of questions should start stirring around in your mind as you work through your assessment to make the determination of what the cause is or what the severity is of the dry mouth that your patient is expressing to you. It's important for you to develop an understanding of the why behind what your patient is presenting with so that you can help develop the appropriate preventive strategy for that patient. By determining the reason why your patient has dry mouth or feels like their mouth is dry, it will go a long way in helping you figure out which direction you need to guide that patient to bring them back to health. We know there's a strong correlation between the saliva and the increased caries risk and periodontal disease risk. So when we're prevention strategists, right, we are detectives trying to make an understanding and connect the dots for our patients on the level of risk that they have and the risk of disease that they are exposed to based on some of the findings that we discovered through the assessment process. These are the things that we want to be looking for and then considering when we put together preventive strategies. In some of the coming episodes, we're going to be talking about the history of caries and treatment, and there'll be more episodes discussing fluoride and some of these other preventive strategies. So this episode really was meant to help you understand the differences of your patient's needs and how those needs have to be considered in order to put together preventive strategies that work for that specific patient. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast. Thank you.